Ah, uh, welcome to another fantastic ground pounding heart stopping episode of P2P Radio. I am your humble and gracious host, Rick Grider. Whether you're joining us on the podcast, on SoundCloud, on Station Head, on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or even right now live on Power to the People TV. Thank you once again for joining us on this Thursday evening slash night we got a great show lined up for you and uh got some exciting stuff to discuss we're going to be talking about uh, a little bit of investigative journalism that we did um earlier this week we put it out yesterday um we also discussed uh some more about the fake news that sometimes the corporate and mainstream media do to themselves uh also going to be discussing some good news we're trying to lighten um, our podcast some and bring up some good stuff that's happening around the world and then conclude um with the 2020 elections talking about the democratic debate that's going on uh in september by abc and discussing uh what we hope to be going on in that debate and what we hope to be highlighted and discussed so first up on the agenda uh let us discuss this piece that we uh, felt and we found kind of funny uh, at the end of the 2020 uh, Trump campaign um, video that just came out this week. So we're going to play up the graphic and then discuss on the other end. So if you didn't check uh, uh, that cool lion logo um displayed on your screen right now uh it's a new 2020 logo that was put up um again by the official trump campaign um earlier this week so by first glance you would think that you know it's just a normal lion nothing really that uh noticeable about it. in fact it was missed uh someone by a majority of mainstream media um however if you do a little bit of investigation you would notice that this logo was used before uh, it was actually used in 2016 by a uh, organization called V Dare, uh, named after Virginia Dare, who was um, a lady born in uh, colonial times. And what's special about this organization is that it is a known white nationalist organization. Um, so this logo has been used for them for at least the last three to four years. And it's weird that this logo uh, is now being reflected on official um campaign of the now current president um in fact this what's special about this organization is that actually this organization has been named before in ties with the federal government um a buzzfeed investigation actually showed that this organization be there uh was being linked in official department of justice and department of labor newsletter to his employees on multiple occasions um over the last two years so to make sure that we're tracing this right to make sure you're noticing the same logo that is being used now on official trump campaign videos and ads was used from and it seemed to be pulled from a logo from a known white nationalist white supremacist organization and that organization had pulled uh, was referenced to and linked several times on multiple occasions from multiple organizations on federal agencies from the department of justice and department of labor so at some point we're going to have to move on from is this just a coincidence maybe 
uh, it was a cool logo, a cool design, lion, roaring, and all this kind of stuff. And maybe it was just happenstance that this logo was also used previously um, from a known white organization. But then to have that same, that very same organization been referenced several times, not by mistake, not one time, but several times from multiple federal organizations over the last two years, at some point, maybe we need to look deeper into is this just a circumstance or is this just trolling or whatever, or maybe it is dog whistles to show that we actually support you. We actually are behind you. We actually hear what you're saying. Because again, for a blog to move from the internet to now being referenced several times from not just the Department of Justice, but also the Department of Labor several times over the last two years to now being on official Trump, Pence, Keep America Great video ads, that is one hell of a coincidence. We move from video ad to now white supremacist blogs, white supremacist propaganda to being linked several times in newsletters that's being sent on official department and federal agency newsletters and documents. So at what point is what are we going to just say again, just happenstance, just coincidence, it just happened to, okay, <laughs> um, this, is, this is a hell of a coincidence. It's a hell of a circumstance that just, just keep happening. Now, again, if, if the mainstream media uh, put this out or try to put this down and Mediaite and uh, I think BuzzFeed and a couple other organizations have, start, have cited a story uh, saying they also noticed this trend. Um, but at what point are we going to say it's not just circumstance? But a big part of the reason that the, that the mainstream media and the news media cannot be more blunt about it, cannot be more forthright about it, cannot put it out there, is because they shoot them on they shoot their own selves in the foot. Or they they, they they feed into the narrative of the fake news. Because you know how the cycle's gonna go. They're gonna put out a story and then between, you know, a day or later, depending on what the story is, it's gonna be a pushback and then if they're not a pushback on the facts, it is gonna go back to it's fake news, it's the mainstream media that's biased, it's the mainstream media that's doing this, this, and this, it's trying to undermine the president, trying to undermine the government, trying to undermine his supporters and voters. Um, and certainly there are the liberal outlets out there. There are biased outlets. I mean, it, that's probably the case, but for actual journalists or for actual the mainstream networks, the CNN, MSNBC, ABC, all this kind of stuff, who sometimes at least try to be forthright, sometimes they do more damage to themselves than the Trump campaign or the president or anybody else on his side really does. And one of those examples is what we're going to show you next what happened this week with Lawrence O'Donnell. Um, Lawrence O'Donnell, who is the host of The Last Word on MSNBC, uh, put out a story um, we're going to play the video uh, and then talk about it on the end, um, saying that essentially he had this breaking news um, tied to Russia and Trump, saying that Trump had to pull out um, Deutsche Bank loans. And the only reason that he got those loans is because he had co-signers and those co-signers were Russian. So let's play the sound for you. Says that Deutsche Bank is in possession of loan documents that show Donald Trump has obtained loans with co-signers and that he would not have been able to obtain those loans 
without co-signers. The source close to Deutsche Bank says that the co-signers of Donald Trump's Deutsche Bank loans are Russian billionaires close to Vladimir Putin. So again, um, that will be breaking news. That will be that the president of the United States it could, could potentially be black, um, blackmailed and held uh, over the head because of these loans, because of these banks that he co-signed with Russian oligarchs. And these oligarchs are tied to Vladimir Putin, the same Vladimir Putin, the same Russia who intervened in our elections and was suspected of trying to help the Trump campaign. So you would think that this was the smoking gun that the liberals and the mainstream media, everybody been looking for. Here it is. It's from Deutsche Bank. You have the source that has post ties to Deutsche Bank that's going to show you and tell you that Trump actually did it. Trump actually is uh, in cahoots in ties with Russia. Well, turned out that none of that was true. That uh, Lawrence O'Donnell didn't actually vet this process, didn't actually have any kind of proof or anything else like that, and actually he had to come back and apologize. So let's, to be fair and balanced, pay that for you now. So Donald, good evening, Lawrence. Good evening, Rachel. Thank you. Appreciate it. Last night on this show, I discussed information that wasn't ready for reporting. I repeated statements a single source told me about the president's finances and loan documents with Deutsche Bank, saying, if true, as I discussed the information, was simply not good enough. I did not go through the rigorous verification and standards process here at MSNBC before repeating what I heard from my source. Had it gone through that process, I would not have been permitted to report it. I should not have said it on air or posted it on Twitter. I was wrong to do so. This afternoon, attorneys for the president sent us a letter asserting the story is false. They also demanded a retraction. Tonight, we are retracting the story. We don't know whether the information is inaccurate, but the fact is we do know it wasn't ready for broadcast. And for that, I apologize. So point is probably embarrassing. Well, it is embarrassing because you came out here less than 24 hours ago with high energy thinking that you had a smoking gun. Um, and now less than 24 hours later, you're now basically having to tuck your tail between your legs and say I'm sorry because otherwise you're probably gonna get sued. Um, and Donald Trump Jr. Um, or Eric Trump, whichever one is it, is still saying that he probably will sue um, after this. So not only does this do, do this do damage to Lawrence O'Donnell, but this also does damage to the mainstream media. This also does damage to media overall. To anyone trying to hold people in power to a core or to a standard. Um, because it feeds the narrative that you are just going out there. You, like you just said, he had a single source. Turns out the single source didn't even look at the documents. Um, so essentially, your friend <laughs> told you what he thought was in the Deutsche Bank document, and you paraded yourself out on national media in front of, I don't know, probably a million viewers that you hold uh, on MSNBC and decided to put this out there without any kind of verification, without any kind of backup, without seeing the document yourself. And so that is what feeds the fake news narrative, because in this example, he's absolutely right um, that it is fake news, that it is a, a false narrative. And that kind of feeds the, the polling that we have found out from the latest Gallup poll that people do not trust the media uh, right now. Uh, it's about half 
uh, of people say that they trust the media from CNN and from Fox and from MSNBC. Uh, but people are, are becoming more and more skeptical of the source that is the mainstream media because of the fact, again, that sometimes you seem to be firing off just trying to do damage rather than trying to be accountable for from the stuff that you're putting out. And yes, you can come back and retract statements, but I assure you that this video, that uh, original video that was shown yesterday by Lawrence O'Donnell was probably shared at least three times more than a retraction was. So it's already out there. And it's still some people who still believe that there's a smoking gun between uh, the president and Russia when that is not the case. And all these cannot be verified. So again, sometimes the mainstream media does damage to themselves um, by not being thorough. We reported this on last season as well when the media jumped at this narrative about the, the video, um, the P-tape video that was apparently out there. Um, and they, again, wasn't able to verify it um, and had to come back and say, okay, there might be a chance that we're wrong. Um, and again, they were apparently wrong. So that's why it's important that we verify when here at the podcast we try to verify everything that we put out um, try to get you facts uh, not just try to give you spin and give you an opinion um, about the president about the conservatives about the republicans about liberals democrats whomever else we just try to give you facts and then let you decide from there we have our own opinions but they're fact-based opinions and maybe uh that is why in that same poll people are starting to trust online sources more because we don't have a platform that allows us to lie. Uh, we have to work for every one of our viewers and work for every one of our listeners. And so we want to give you accurate stuff so we can earn your trust. Because without trust, you don't want to listen to people that lies to you. Um, maybe that's why we're better than mainstream media. So hopefully there will be a lesson learned um, for the MSNBCs and the CNNs. Um, there needs to be a reflection point because... Uh, as we get into the 2020 election, it's going to get worse. I can promise you that. It's going to get more salacious. Um, some of it is going to be from um, the, the, the left side. A majority of it is going to be from the right side, just to be honest, though. Um, but if there's not a middle ground, or at least there's not verification, then it's just going to get worse. And so uh, that's why we're here, and that's why we're going to continue to be here uh, for the next couple of years, hopefully. So... Um, Pressing on to some good news, rather, um, is one of the things that if you don't know who this person is, then you probably live under um, a rock. And that is Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek um, has recently came out, I think today, uh, if not today, then yesterday, and said that he is in um, on med. Uh, he's came off his chemo and that he's coming back to Jeopardy to host for the 26th season, um, which hopefully airs in September. So it's always good to hear somebody come back. He has stage four panoramic cancer, um, and it's good to see that he is coming back and that um, the thoughts and prayers that were shown to him um, worked and that he's coming back to be on a great uh, network. And speaking of uh, great networks, if you <coughs> excuse me want to um, check out another great podcast that's out there right now it is where's the life with uh, one of our co-hosts miss dion duff and um she has her own podcast that we've mentioned before and i love it hopefully i can be on it sometimes um but it's with those two awesome people they're giving you insight about entertainment about black issues um 
just a great overall general podcast that you should listen to. Uh, we're going to post the page on our uh, podcast and on our SoundCloud. Uh, but it's again by Dion Duff, one of our uh, great co-hosts that uh, could hopefully be on our show coming up here in the near future. And we get to get her opinion. But in the meantime, you get to listen to her on her network. Um, so let's go up to the next show. The stage is now set. Just moments ago, the Democratic National Committee has officially certified the 10 candidates to qualify for the debate. And ABC News has determined, based on polling averages, where those candidates will stand on stage. And here it is for the first time. Take a look right now. 10 candidates in Houston, September 12th. Front and center, of course, Joe Biden, former vice president, the polling leader. He'll be flanked by Elizabeth Warren, senator of Massachusetts, Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont. And then the left wing of the stage will be Mayor Pete Buttigieg, Cory Booker of New Jersey, Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota. On the right wing of the stage, Kamala Harris of California, Andrew Yang, uh, the businessman, Beto O'Rourke, former congressman of Texas, and Julian Castro will be there as well. So we have moved from 20 to now 10. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, to, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, I I miss some of them that's not on the stage right now. Uh, I get that the polling eventually is gonna shrink down. You had, uh, I believe, um, Gilnert uh, drop out yesterday. Um, we had a other couples drop out um, over the last week, but. It's good to see a variety of people debating on policy and how they think they're going to run the country better. So the next Democratic debate is um, going to be in September. It's going to be held by ABC. But again, instead of there being two nights, it's going to be one night and all 10 individuals are going to be on stage. Um, my question is, I wonder, is it going to be we have some nights where, of course, the front runner is. Joe Biden, or at least that's the narrative that we are seeing right now. There are some polls that say it's actually a three-way tie between him, Warren, and Sanders, but there's other ones, or at least the ones that the mainstream media are trying to push out that show that Biden is still the front runner. So how is the Sanders, the Warren, the Harris, the Bookers, how are they going to get out there and try to take Biden on uh, to show that they should be the one that takes the nomination? The nomination. Um, personally, I think that uh, don't go low all the time um, because, and again, in 2020, uh, doing the general campaign is going to get low pretty much all the time. Um, it's going to be often that you're going to see um, him going down and getting down um, inside, you know, the gutter um, trying to show, I don't know, how strong and how fit and how uh, – tenacious he is the question that i have um is who do you think would be the good nominee do you think it should be uh biden because of his electability because he should get uh those beltway states those mainstream states um uh, that are not too liberal um uh, but you know just about the moderate size or do you think that there should be someone that is can electrify the left wing um, part of the Democratic Party, uh, the Sanders, who, you know, you have the Bernie Bros or whatever analogy you want to use, uh, but those progressives that love him and also love Warren, um, 
do you forsake them for Biden or do you rely on them to to drive themselves to the polls to overcome uh, President Trump? As we discussed on last uh, week's show, electability really isn't a factor, just to be honest with you, because they're all elected officials. Harris has been elected. Sanders has been elected. Warren has been elected. Biden has been elected. So his notion that you need somebody that's electable. Well, they wouldn't be in the position that they are as senators or congresswomen or congressmen um, or ex-vice presidents if they haven't already been elected. So that's not a factor. Also, the Trump factor only goes so far because, as we showed in our polling last week, that the top four, Harris, Sanders, Warren, and Biden, all beat Trump. And so if they all beat Trump, then, you know, that really shouldn't be too much of a concern if they're all polling well with them anyway so the question is again do you go for the moderates for the never trumpers um or do you go for the left wing um part and the progressive part of the base i would think that the corporate uh, or the mainstream or establishment democrats who are in power right now they're probably going to be swayed more to trying to get those moderates trying to get those uh evangelical or those white suburbans um who are white women also who are turned off by some of the actions that the president have done um, that has been turned off by some of his rhetoric um, and some of the stuff that's coming out uh, policy-wise, but who believe that Bernie Sanders is the socialist uh, version of the devil and thinks that if he becomes in power, that he's just going to turn us into the next Venezuela. Um, and the same thing with Warren. So it's going to be interesting to see how this debate goes. Um, and also you have the climate change um, debate that's happening on CNN coming up. Uh, I believe it's in September or October, but it's going to be interesting to see how are they going to attack these policy issues because the left-wing part of the base is starting to to feel, at least from my perspective, that the Democrats uh, either willingly or just simply refusing not to listen. Um, when you think about how the Republican Party pulls in the right wing um, and see how their spectrum is, pretty much anything that's too far right is things like that's has to be almost blatantly racist, like the KKK. They will say the KKK is far right. Uh, and even sometimes they think that the KKK is on the left side. But you have to be so blatantly out there on the right that it's almost irredeemable that the Republicans and conservatives can claim you. Um, in turn, however, <laughs> liberals in the Democratic Party uh, cannot seem to get along, that the Democratic Party will push out progressives. If you think, for example, that Healthcare should be universal. Healthcare should be free uh, or paid for by the government. That's just too far. That's far, far radical left. Um, that you think that guns should be treated like cars and you should be having training and you should have licenses and that you should have background checks. That's radical. That's crazy. That you think that the minimum wage should go up or that you think that banks or corporations uh, should not be on corporate welfare. But yet at the same time, we think that somebody who has a family of four and have food stamps that they're bombs and they're just trying to suck the teeth off the government and they're doing nothing. Uh, that's because they get maybe $300 a month while Exxon, while Amazon, while all these other corporations pay $0 in federal taxes um, and also uh, get billions of dollars in subsidies and also let's look at the fact that amazon had billions of dollars in profit uh, not net but gross profit and also paid zero i want to make sure the camera sees that zero zero dollars in federal taxes i hope all my viewers will think about that and think how much money did i pay in federal taxes and how can i get that 
that zero because that seems like a pretty nice, good, solid amount. So for my advice for Democrats, and I own, I know that we as a network only have around 900 uh, followers, subscribers, but uh, take it from the small people that you should probably be looking out for those that are middle class um, and care about those other people that's in the middle class rather than just worrying about the corporations and the subsidies that also line up your pocket just as much as they do the Republican Party. At least if that's if you want to win. Um, because personally, I don't think that Democrats think long term. I don't think that Democrats think about how do we keep our base um, energized, how we keep our base going, not just past 2020, but also in 2022, 2024, and, and so forth. They don't do that. Um, they just think about how can we get past the now? How can we get past Trump? How can we get past that reactionary state? While the Republicans are thinking long term. They think about governorship. They think about state legislatures. They think about the Supreme Court, for example. That's how the Democrats need to reshape or reframe some of their thinking. And unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be done um, really anytime in the near future. So I look forward to the debate. Uh, look forward to providing commentary. We may try to do something live uh, if it comes on. Uh, just try to give you some um, insight and some live commentary about what we think, how these candidates are going. Um, personally, I hope that there is a uh, Warren Sanders ticket somewhere down the line um, and then see how that goes in uh, the near future. Um, the next subject that that I, I want to talk about is talking about actually uh, next week. And I just want to play you this, this awesome, awesome audio uh, and tease how we're going to be talking about it on next week's episode. So that that awesome clip, that awesome video is Diamond and Silk, um, who I must say, out of all of black black Trump mangas, they are probably my favorite. Um, just to be honest, because I, I know the camera wasn't on me, but it just that I, I Trump's your pre like I was low key getting crunk off of that. I'm not gonna lie because those two are if you're gonna commit to it. They commit to it. I mean, the video, the graphics, the dancing, the yo, the fact that you had to try to connect because you, you know, you want to get through the hip hop crowd. So you got to say, yo, Trump's your president and do the dance and say, drop that beat. And also have the fact that you got M&Ms in your hand because maybe that connects with black people. I don't know. But those two are awesome. In fact, I'm going to play it again because I just, I just love the video so much. So let's play it one more time just for the good of the group. <laughs> oh, and then you can create your own ringtone. That's I forgot about. I forgot to mention that. So shameless plug. I will probably have that as my ringtone at least for a day or two uh, before we talk about the next week's show. But I, I, I really want to understand, and I'm really, I promise you, 
uh, we're trying to bring in some uh, black Trump supporters just to get that mind state. But I don't, I don't, I want to be clear. I don't have a problem with black Republicans or black conservatives. Um, I have family that had that it voted for Trump. Um, that you know are Republican to the core. But at some point, when do you look in the mirror and be like, "Is this really me? Is this is this really who I want to be right now?" Uh, or do you have to go to that level? If that that's my question, do you have to go up to the point that you are dancing, gyrating like that for the president? Now let's be clear: Diamond and Silk have been on Fox News, they have their own podcast, they have their own YouTube channel, they have been retweeted multiple times by the president. So if you're going to look at a successful, story, I get that they're being successful. But again, what is the costs? I mean, honestly, when they they spoke out. About Colin Kaepernick against Colin Kaepernick, say Colin Kaepernick was a racist. Um, they say that pretty much Black Lives Matter is racist. That there's no need. That they're anti-cop. Why are you tripping other black people up or other minorities up that are in the same fight that you are? That's that's my biggest thing, and that's what I want to make sure we talk about uh, next week because that is a question that I, I, I really try to be open-minded on and really can't get the answer to. Um, because yeah, if, if you were for tax cuts, got you. If you want to say that you're looking at the Supreme court, um, you think the ends justify the means. Okay. But how do you explain this? Like as we already talked about at the top of the hour that, the campaign, if 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 not if they're not nudging, they're almost to the point of blowing, having a blowhorn, saying that they're okay with white nationalism. Um, you have had several Steve, um, several White House aides get on the White House press podium and show up the the white power sign, which is the okay symbol. Um, you have had uh, these little, you know, things that are being done to try to see that okay, we really are cool with you. Um, the Proud Boys is another uh, organization, white supremacy, and they completely believe that they had the White House backing because when they were counter-protesting against Antifa, the White House said that they're watching Antifa to make sure that they don't do anything or that they're considering Antifa being a terrorist organization. But yet the Proud Boys, who make it a part of their platform to get arrested, to make it a part of their platform to get in fights uh, with counter-protesters, they get no mention. They just get the, the blind eye turned to them. And they're picking that up. So if I know all of this while I am watching as a black Trump supporter, at what point do I say, okay, um, yes, I'm a conservative, but I'm not going to get behind that. Um, and, I, and to some black mangas supporter, they have started to see the light, I want to say, maybe, preferably. Um, one of them actually came out and said that he had a problem with what some of the president said, uh, some of the rhetoric the president said out of Charlottesville, uh, and that he actually had to sit back and think. Um, why am I a Trump supporter? But again, that's one where you have the Candace Owens out there. We have the Diamond and Silks out there. The people who have no problem getting on these platforms on Fox News and becoming um, the shield to say some of this stuff. Because let's be honest, that's why they're on Fox News. That's why they get those 15 minutes so that they can say, oh, that's not racist. Oh, that's not, that, that's not discriminatory. That's not an issue. It's actually those black people who need to as Tammy Lawrence said so eloquently, take some responsible goddamn ability. That's them. It's always them. It's actually not racist what the police are doing. It's not racist that the police can always seem to be um, willing to pull the trigger on a, a dime's notice. Yet, 
when a white person engages, they take almost every precaution not to shoot that pre- that person. In fact, um, just this past week, there was a, 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 a white male who was accused of a triple murder, danced around naked, and the police, like, dancing towards police, running towards the police, uh, and again, just get done murdering three people, and the police didn't shoot. The police had a whole rifle in his hand, and yet did not shoot. Tried to tase him, tried to pepper spray him, tried to do everything, ran away from him, tried to do everything to not take lethal action. Yet, if we can remember two short years ago, when there was a black man running away from the officer, he was shot in the back. And the police had tried to plant evidence on him. And this was called on video. And the cop was found not guilty. And their mistrial was declared. So, again, me being a, 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 a black Trump supporter, I, I will have to sit back at some point and analyze all of this and think, is that damn tax cut worth it? Is that, that Supreme Court nominee that important in my life to the point that when we look back on what the president has declared, the age of Trump, when your children go through racism, bigotry that is still alive on this world today are you how can you argue or say anything about how they combat it when you apparently help green light some of it how do you sit back and say this is what uh your grandmother or your grandfather had to fight against when you apparently am okay with it being displayed in our federal government again as we discussed on the top of the hour for the ones that are just joining us on the podcast and on uh tv there is there's logos that is actively being used, actively, currently, in 2019, being used by the Trump campaign, official campaign document. That's on their ad. That's a part of their logo. A direct tie, a direct pull from a known white supremacist group. The same picture. And again, they used it three years ago. So it's not like he can say, oh, we didn't know. Not like the campaign can say, oh, we didn't know. Uh, is it three, you know, it was last weekend and they just co-opted it. No, this one is dated 2019. This one is dated 2016. So again, the question is, and again, if you if you on the TV or you on the podcast, you know any black transporters, please, we're trying desperately to get them on and have this kind of dialogue. But how many red flags do you need to see before you take a pause? How many things do you have to excuse or try to, to minimize before you sit back and say, at the end of the day, I am also black? No matter how well you articulate yourself, no matter how many times you try to say that if you do X, you won't get this result. If you, if you just disarm yourself, if you announce or respect the officer, if you don't Make him uncomfortable. You won't get shot. You won't get arrested. You won't get pulled over. It's something that you did. How many times do you have to see that narrative get blatantly shot down? No pun intended. Get blatantly disregarded because there are examples of black people walking with their hands up, getting shot. Walking with their hands behind their back, getting shot. Complying, getting shot. Telling officers, hey, I got a gun in my passenger passenger, uh, seat, getting shot. I'm going for my license, which you just instructed me to do, getting shot. 
So how many other times, how many more narratives do you need before it sits back and say, maybe it's not the victim that needs to do something. Maybe it's the person with the power, the person with the gun that needs to exercise. Because in any other profession, any other career that you select or do, if you mess up, the accountability is on you. If you're a surgeon, if I just start hacking away at somebody's heart, I don't get to say, oops, well, he should have did this. She should have did that. If I'm a lawyer and I start blatantly disregarding the bar law, I get this bar. If I mess up at my job, even if you are a fast food worker, if you mess up, guess what? You are held accountable. Even with our military treat foreign combatants, you can only go to a certain extent. Even the person that shoot that's just tried to kill you, if that person becomes a non-threat, you cannot go up and then shoot them. In fact, you have to render medical aid to that person. But why is it when it comes to our own state, when our own citizens, who are our own taxpayers, who are funding that same police force, they, in turn, can get shot, can get thrown to the ground, can get tased, can get beat while handcuffed and medical aid would eventually come to them. We as a country accept that. You as a supporter accept that. You as a supporter that says that you need the Second Amendment to keep the government tyranny at bay. Well, let me also allude you to the truth, or in case you didn't know, that the police force is the enforcer of the government. So while you need that AR-15 to keep the, the government tyranny at bay, guess who you're going to be firing at? It ain't going to be Congress. It ain't going to be AOC. It's going to be those same people that you defend to the T every single time that we say black lives matter and you echo the sentiment blue lives matter. That's who you're going to be shooting at, by the way. So make sure that while, while you're so, you know, wanting to tat tattoo the blue stripe up and down your car and on your body, keep that same energy while you're loading up the AR-15. Because that's going to be the next thing that happens. So rather than simply echo these empty rhetorics, and again, my focus is on, on these black um, Mangalists who again try to have an open dialogue with what do you see how do you excuse it how do you go back and say no that's that person's fault that it's the black slave mentality and that every black liberal is somehow still a slave to the black democratic party that us fight against racism systemic bigotry that's not the real issue here that's not the real concern because I can guarantee you at the end of the day you get pulled over by the right officer you get that job by that promotion denied by the right supervisor and regardless of how many Vote you done pulled, how many campaigns you done did, how many remixes and ringtones you have mixed. At the end of the day, you will still remember that you are just as black as me. And that to some people, that's all they see. 
Regardless of who you vote for, or regardless if you have a D or an R by your name, they see brown or black first. But at the end of the day, yes, you have a manga sticker in front of your car and on the bumper and that you do remixes and uh, retakes. And yes, you have a major podcast and you have worked your way up to the top to being retweeted by the president himself. And get brought on Fox News and Fox and Friends often in Fox Nation almost every week because you get to dispel the notion that our country still has a race problem. But again, at the end of the day, you are just as black as me. So that's going to be what we're going to be talking about next week. Trying to deep dive and see. But again, it's not, this is not a beehive. Black people and minorities and people of color are not beehive notions. One of my favorite videos is from Vice where they had black conservatives and black liberals and, and Latino ex-conservatives and Latino ex-liberals. Uh, um, and they were debating in real time about with issues within their own community. I love that because it shows that we are not a collective hive. While we all have similar shared experiences, we all can say that, hey, you remember why you did that when you grew up? Remember when your mama said, do this, and then you didn't do it, you got that switch? Or how your grandma looked at you in church? How you better sit your behind down somewhere? Well, we all have those shared experiences, and those shared experiences are great to show that you have had the same struggles as someone else. We do not all think the same. Just because a candidate says something about criminal justice reform doesn't mean that that's number one priority on my list. Now, some people care about tax cuts. Some people care about education reform. Some people care about uh, police reform. And I enjoy those debates. But at some point, we have to collectively come to the truth that for some issues, we do have those shared experiences, such as police brutality. Systemic racism. That when you go up for a promotion, sometimes you are just as qualified, if not more qualified than that person. You have had more years than that person. You have worked twice as hard as that person. But guess what? You still get looked over. One of my favorite sayings is from Scandal. When Papa Pope was telling Olivia that his saying, she had to say it, that you have to work twice as hard to get half of what some others get. And it's weird that, that I remember my parents telling me that. Again, shared experiences. And I'm sure that some of our, from my, my podcast listeners and TV viewers that you remember you hearing that. Similar conversation. And so now in 2019, while we can have differences on who deserved the tax cuts and how much should be withdrawn from our paycheck on every two weeks. Police brutality, I don't believe should be one of those issues. I shouldn't have to fight to say that the police should treat me like they treat a white male. That shouldn't be a divisive issue. And furthermore, I don't see why I should be having that fight with somebody who shares the same shade and complexion as me. But yet here I am having to argue 
with another individual. Uh, the notion that somehow me saying that my life matters is offensive. Whether or not I am divisive when I say black lives matter. Not matter more. Just matter. That's the debate that we're having in 2019. That's going to be what we're going to be discussing uh, next week. So make sure that you tune in Thursday, 8 p.m. And hopefully, preferably, I promise you, I don't want to just have one perspective on the news waves and on our television uh, live podcast. But I want to have a legit discussion about this issue to see if maybe there is coming around. Maybe there's something that's lost in translation. Maybe it is what you say. The media is just trying to separate us apart. So. A second place. Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central. Again, we're going to be bringing you a whole lot more discussions. Uh, we're going to be revisiting the Jay-Z issue because of special requests uh, on our network. But again, you can check us out on our podcast, on our network in general, and on our Facebook Live. And if you, if I triggered you or hit a nerve, please feel free to be our guest. Again, we have Trump supporters. We have uh, pretty much every diversity of opinion that we can try. So if you want to be on next week's show, please make sure you join us. You can email us at power to the people for change at gmail.com. Again, that's power to the people for change at gmail.com. Uh, email us. We'll schedule you in, try to get you uh, Skyped in or audio in, and then you can join us live on the debate. Also, we're going to be working on getting our podcast up um, on a couple of different, uh, different venues, uh, Station Head, uh, Twitch, um, also TuneIn Radio. Uh, but for right now, you can catch us on Facebook, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, and also on iTunes. And just last week, we also are up on Google Podcasts. So again, make sure you check us out every Thursday, 8 p.m. Uh, for Season 4. And we look forward to having you uh, tune in with us, join us, tweet, join us on our podcast, and let us know what you think. Uh, we're going to be working to get, again, get our comments um, below on the bottom of the screen and read them off for our podcast and try to get you dialed in as well so that you could join us uh, live. So until next Thursday, which again, uh, I look forward to doing, make sure you join us, make sure you check us out, like, and subscribe us. And we're going to go out with uh, diamond and silk because it's just a great video and I love it. So uh, until next Thursday, stay safe, be blessed and proud to people.